What is going on, everybody? Happy Wednesday. Today, we're coming to you live, little thinking, grow rich mindset roundtable. And today, we have episode seven, which is the step. I think it's actually step six. I keep on messing up the, the, uh, the orders in these. Uh, step six is organized planning. So episode seven, step six, organized planning. Here we go. We're going to make a plan of how to get rich, how to get wealthy, how to get healthy today. So before we dive in to organized planning, uh, we have a awesome, not even a guest co-host on here today with me, Mr. John Bodnar. And so he's going to explain why he's got a flower in the background and why you should listen to, and, to him and, and, uh, and seek out his advice. So John. Go for it, my friend. Well, uh, the first reason you should listen to me is because I can I can point out the irony of not having the right number when we're talking about organized planning. <laughs> so I just wanted to wanted to throw that out there. But um, yeah, so my name is John Bodnar. I'm a I'm a coach at BSB Wealthy Body Coaching, and my my mission in life, my purpose in life, is to help people learn how to make good decisions for themselves. And this is something that I've struggled with personally for I or I did for my entire life up until this point. Now that I finally learned the skills to make good decisions for me, it's really allowed me to maximize my life. Uh, as far as the flowers in the background, my wife recently uh, decided to quit her job and become a full-time interior decorator with her own business. And so there's lots of merchandise floating around in my, in my office right now. But hey, it adds to the ambiance and it gives me something pretty to look at oh, yeah. besides her. <laughs> I love it. All right, well, let's go ahead and let's dive in to step number six organized planning. So organized planning. So, so basically this is, again, this is step six in this, in the, in the 13 steps to riches. And so or, or organized planning basically defined as having a definite practical plan through which your transformation may be made. Right. And so uh, the first step in actually creating an organized plan is to ally yourself with a group of many people as you need for the creation and carrying out of your plan. So basically using the idea of the mastermind principle, which actually we'll talk about that in a whole um, whole nother episode in the future, basically putting yourself around people who know what the heck they're doing to create a plan. Uh, next piece of that, decide what advantage and benefits you may offer to those individual members of your group in turn for their cooperation. Um, next piece, arrange to meet with members of your mastermind group as often as necessary to continue to perfect your plan. And then lastly, maintain perfect harmony with you and every member of your mastermind group. So uh, John, as you see this very first slide on organized planning, like what are your thoughts? What are your your summarization of everything that's in the slide. Just the the absurd amount of benefit that comes from being around people who are either like-minded or who have accomplished what you want to accomplish or even are in the process of accomplishing. Just with that being something I've experienced myself with with you, Logan, actually with with not only wealth, but also with with physicality and physical health. And then surrounding myself with clients who are also working on on that on, on their health as well. It's just amazing how it makes it so much easier, well, going back to the decisions, to make the right decisions, but not only to make them, but to even know what decisions to make. And, and if, if right now, if you're not surrounding yourself by people that you either admire or you want to be like or are like-minded or working on the same things as you, that's a major problem. And I forget the, the statistic that gets thrown out there, but basically you become the average of the people that you're around. And, and the, this is just a really, really good decisive way of saying, be around people that you either admire that you want to be like or like-minded and you will be amazed at the benefits that you reap from that. Um, I also like the bottom part it says maintain perfect harmony with you and every member of your mastermind group, which to me that just means like build a relationship with everybody and, and make sure that that you're, you're not only benefiting from it but also contributing as well and making sure that you get the full benefit from every single person because they do have something to offer. You know, 
when I see this, actually the first thing that I see in this is like, okay, so you need a plan. And ultimately I think a lot of people will try to do it on their own. And they're like, okay, like I'm gonna go get healthy. And so I need to create this plan all by myself. And so they look to the easiest, fastest way to do things, which is probably just Googling. Like, oh, keto, or oh, let's do, let's do PMEX, or let's do Beachbody. And they basically create a plan all by themselves. Uh, and then that's it. And they wonder why it doesn't work. And so what I actually see this in, like when you create a, a great plan, is you actually go to an expert, or you go to people in a community, or you go to you go to somebody else who has the information you're looking for, and you basically formulate a plan with them. I'm not saying have them make the plan for you, but when you formulate a plan with somebody who knows what the heck they're doing, what are the chances of your plan actually being a good one, right? And that's regardless if you're trying to uh, lose weight, whether you're trying to get uh, more monies, whether you're trying to create the relationships, like when you put yourself around people who are already doing what you're doing, your chances of success in creating a plan that actually is going to get you where you want to is so much higher. And that's the actual mistake I personally made, and I mostly will make, is they try to go out this thing as a lone wolf all by themselves. And they try to create their own damn plans because it makes them feel good about themselves. And while I think that you obviously need some autonomy in the plan creation process, you're going to shortcut the process by having a group, which in this situation, having a, having a mastermind group that will help you formulate this plan um, that actually does fit your your um, your lifestyle, your schedule, and and your goals, but um, it needs to be done with input from somebody who honestly has a different perspective than you, who potentially is smarter than you, and who can add actually insight to it. So um, I think that's like the next level of, of, of planning is okay, cool, you have a plan. Like, did you create it, or did you create it with somebody who knew what the heck they were doing? And I think a lot of times, you doing it on your own can be the first start and it's going to take a lot longer so that can be a step in the process which again i've done it before john i know you've done it before as well but if you actually want to if you actually want to come to a, a plan that actually is going to get you closer and give you a higher percentage of you reaching your goal whether it's health or wealth or 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 relationships it should be done with somebody who has a better perspective who has a different perspective that's that's my input when i see this um is you need a plan but how to be have some input from somebody who knows what the heck they're doing, essentially. <laughs> and, you know, one thing about starting a plan on your own completely is like Logan said, it is slower, but you do learn, you learn a lot of valuable lessons along the way. And that, that can be really appealing, but honestly, it's not really worth it because you can learn those same lessons just as quickly, if not more quickly by, or avoid even having to learn those lessons in the first place by having an expert or people around you that are that are more knowledgeable and have more insight. So yeah, doing it on your own sounds cool, but it's it's not necessary. And whether you're watching this and whether you try things on your own, well then the story you tell yourself is like, I've tried things on my own, I know it doesn't work, so I need to go get that. Someone smarter than me to create that alliance. Or if you haven't started, be like, okay, I'm gonna be smart and I'm just gonna go to somebody who knows what they're doing. Uh, they don't have to go through all the pain and struggles. But either way, you, you're basically gonna find somebody who's smart. <laughs> or who's, who, who's got a different perspective. That's the story that, that you need to tell yourself because it is actually the best way to do anything in life is through other people, leverage people's knowledge, information, um, and their experiences. For sure. All right, so let's talk about the 30 major causes of failure. So we actually have, obviously we have three slides. And so I think the biggest reason um, that people are not successful is not because they're not successful, it's because they do things that cause them to fail. And so we're gonna talk about the 30 major ones. And let's talk about the first 10 here. So I'm sure to read them off here. So unfavorable hereditary background. The second one is lack of a well-defined purpose in life. Three, lack of ambition. Four, insufficient education. Five, lack of self-discipline. Six, ill health. Seven, unfavorable environmental issues. 
eight procrastination, nine lack of persistence, and 10 negative personality. So actually we'll start out on this one. So kind of when I, when I see this list, there's actually really only one of these that is truly not in your control. And honestly, I'll, I'll explain how you actually can turn it into your advantage. And that's honestly the first one. Like the first one is something that you absolutely can't control. And so this is where, if you're watching this, we actually are extremely blessed that we live in America, uh, or we live in a place that allows us the opportunity to access internet, allows us to access food and, and shelter at reasonable cost, whether that's time, whether that's money. Uh, it's not it, like, like, those are not things that our big time attention sucks for us is like, where's I get my next meal from? Where, where, where am I going to sleep tonight? Right. Uh, we live in a, in a, in a country that we have lots of opportunity provided to us. So like, aside from that one, uh, like if you're born, you know, in a different country, in a, in a third world country, you, like that could actually be a potential issue. Everything else in here is something that you have hundred percent responsibility to. So that's actually what I see in this, just my first glance at it. Um, John, tell me like, when you look at this, these first 10 causes of major failure, what's a couple of the ones that really popped out for you? Well, honestly, the, the first one, on the unfavorable hereditary background jumped out at me right away because I was surprised to see anything on this list that was technically out of our control. Mm -hmm. um, but but I'm, I'm curious to hear, you said you're gonna spin that around. So I'm, I'm curious to hear that. Um, the, what Otherwise, what I noticed is a lot of them, like they're different, but but they all come back to the same thing. You know, negative personality, procrastination, lack of persistence, even insufficient education. Like those are all things that that we know need to be different, yet oftentimes people choose not to not to change it, especially, especially the negative personality. You know, it's going back to surrounding yourself with people, uh, with the right people. There are a lot of people that I wouldn't say I cut out in my life, but I, they fizzled out because there was no, there's no positivity around them. They're always complaining. They're always there for, you know, honestly, they're just bitching all the time. And you don't really realize until, until you make conscious changes to your, to your personality, to your goals, to your, your mental state, you don't really realize how much of an impact that actually has on, on you and how you think. And so if you have, if you find yourself with a negative personality, maybe take a look, first got to look inward and be like, okay, why am I doing that? And, and once you figure out like, okay, I don't want to do that anymore. Then look at, at the people around you and say like, okay, who is, who are the people who are doing the same thing? How can I either help them or how do I get them out of my life? And that, that goes to negative personality, again, lack of persistence, look for persistent people, right? Look for disciplined people. And moral of the story is you have control over all nine other things. Like Logan said, it's just a matter of tactically figuring out how do I control these things? Yeah. And the thing I picked up what you were saying was like, what you see in others, you'll see in yourself. So look for like, look for persistence in other people, look for ambition in other people, look for discipline in other people, because what you'll, when you see those other people, actually all you're doing is you're seeing that in yourself. And so that's why we talk about look for greatness in others, because if you only see negatives in others, you only see lack of ambition, lack of discipline, lack of curiosity. Honestly, that's just a reflection of your core values and what you see in your life. And so I think right. it's important for you to look for the like look for people who are motivated, look for people who are who are driven. And not only put yourself around them, but like you're constantly seeking those type of people. And also you're looking for them. Honestly, all you're doing is like you're training yourself to see or to create those skills and to see through that lens. And here's, since Tim's not here, I'll, I'll do an analogy. Um, it's like, it's like doing a word search, but you don't know what words you're looking for. You know, you might get lucky and stumble across a couple of words, but you're not going to, you're not going to maximize like what you're actually looking for. So if you're looking for persistence in other people, you're going to find it and therefore you'll find it in yourself. 
But if you're doing a word search without any guide, like you don't even know what words are in there, then yeah, you're going to find something, but it's not going to be helpful. You're not going to find everything. So make sure, uh, you know, looking at, you know, number two, lack of a well-defined purpose in life, make sure you know what you're looking for, not only in yourself and other people, or in other people, but also in yourself and what you want out of your life. And you are going to find it. Yeah. So I'm going to hit that point number two and then remind me so I don't forget about how to turn number one into your advantage. But let me talk about number two because I think it's important. And I think that one actually is the root of the rest of these on this list is when you don't have a defined purpose, like, of course, you're not ambitious. Of course, you lack, you lack self-discipline, self you procrastinate, you don't have any persistence, you're negative, right? It's because you don't have any defined purpose. And so like that one actually is kind of the root of everything else that falls, falls below it. And I think the big like belief I'd like to break with people is saying that they have to have this giant mission, like they want to feed 10,000 people or, you know, feed 10 million people like what Tony Robbins does, or, you know, that they may want to go build a, a church in, in Kenya or go do mission, you know, in a different country. And they need like these big grandiose missions. And ultimately what you just need is you need to like have a, have a mission for which you want to do that day. Like that's like, that's the first step. You know, it's like, well, of course you want to be a billionaire, but maybe you should just start making, you know, a thousand dollars today, you know, uh, whatever it may be. And so like, you just need your purpose for today. It doesn't have to be huge. It doesn't have to be this like life changing mission. Honestly, like if you actually talk to people who have these grandiose missions, like they'll tell you that like, they had like, they would never have fathomed that they'd be where they are today. They never thought that this would be their dream. You know, but what happened was that they got success here and success led them to getting to here, to here, to here, to here, to here. Like there is no shortcuts in life and there's no shortcuts in you getting, you know, huge goals. Like you must start with the first goal first, right? You don't get to the alphabet, you know, from A to Z without going through B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, L, and P, right? Q-R-S-T-U-V-W-X-Y, and then of course Z, <laughs> right? Like you must go all the way through. Like there's, like there's not skipping. And I think it's just important to really understand that same thing with your goals as well. So just start with some goal, right? And, and make it be something that's exciting and that wakes you up. So then it's like, man, like that'd be really cool if I accomplish that. Uh, and, and it doesn't have to be like so far out of reach that it seems unattainable. Like again, like make it so you can do it today and then make a goal for a week, make a goal for a month, make a goal for, you know, six months, a year. And then you all of a sudden you start to stretch these goals to eventually come out of these like crazy, like crazy astronomical goals that only you believe that you almost feel silly telling yourself, which you should, right? Uh, but once you have a well-defined purpose, all of a sudden you get more ambitious. Like, like if I was actually able to create a billion dollars so I could create a church and put in a Kenya and go on a mission for two years, how freaking cool would that be? I, that gets me excited, right? I'm ready for that. And all of a sudden you think you're brilliant. You're like, how do I make this happen? Who do, like who can make this happen? Right? So you ask different questions. So like, how can I make this happen? But who can make this happen? So instead of you feeling like I gotta make a billion dollars, what if you just found somebody who had a billion dollars and they were aligned with your same mission? And all of a sudden you could actually probably do that. What? Something that you thought may take your whole life, maybe you could do it in six months. You just gotta find the right person. And that's the type of thinking that's different. That's how you think differently. What they've got to have these big goals, right? Um, so, okay, that's, that was my uh, stack of well-defined purpose and how everything else kind of falls behind that. And number one, how to, how to change that into your advantage. So I'm a huge believer that your message, your message, that the worst, the worst things that happen to you, your, your biggest hurdles are actually your greatest opportunities. And so, John, have you ever heard of somebody who didn't, who wasn't born in this country, who came to America and was eventually successful? Yes. Right. And so they came from an unfavorable hereditary background, right? Something they could not choose. They were born in a different country, right? That's that, that they could not choose, right? Correct. Yeah. They no choice there. They couldn't choose their parents. They couldn't choose, they couldn't choose any of that stuff, but they took responsibility. And what did they do? Changed it. 
that changed their environment. That's something about it. Hundred percent, right? And so that's and they had an amazing story to, story to share after that, right? And the story that we hear, like of the of the immigrants who come to this country, the people who who were not born here, like they value what sort of freedoms we have here because they've actually lived without. They've come from they have no opportunity. So when they see opportunity, they're like, "This is amazing, right?" And, and they're willing to fight for it. They're willing to work for it. They're willing to do all these things. They have heavy ambition. They have persistence. They have discipline because they know what's waiting for them if they don't if, if they're not successful. And so that's how you actually can turn something that seems like a disadvantage into your advantage. In this situation, where I was talking about like being born somewhere else, but like you can turn anything. Maybe you're born without a leg. Maybe you're born without eyesight. Maybe you're born with a stutter. Maybe you're born goofy looking. Whatever it is, right? But you can always turn that into an advantage if you're willing to take responsibility for it and ask yourself that question. Like how? Can I turn this an advantage? And like, let that be the thing that fuels you, be the fire that nobody else, like, like that's your advantage. If you're goofy looking, it means that you look different than everybody else does, which gives you an advantage, right? Yeah, something, something special about you. Yeah, if you have one leg, that's one leg most, most people do. That's your advantage, right? Yeah. And so thinking about it from that point of view, and that's how you're able to turn what seems like a disadvantage always into an advantage. All right. Anything else you want to add to this before we move to 11 through 20? Uh, just something relevant that I that I find humorous. So we don't have to dwell on it. But if you have two legs, Logan, you actually have more legs than average. Just a thought. <laughs> that is funny. That is funny. <laughs> You're above average with two legs. Yeah. All right. Uh, because nobody has three legs, is that... Is that fair to say? Exactly. If, if, if even one person has one leg and nobody has three legs, then two is technically above average. There you go. Love it. All right. So let's talk about the uh, 30 major causes of failure. Let's go to our second, second list here, 11 through 20. So we have lack of controlled sex urge. We have uncontrolled desire for something for nothing. Lack oops, lick, lick of well-defined power decision. One or more of the six basic fears. Wrong selection of maiden marriage. Overcaution. Wrong selection of associates business. Superstition of prejudice. Wrong selection of vocation and lack of concentration of effort. So John, I'll just leave this one. What are like, what are a few that pop up for you here? Well, I, I like this list slightly more because everything there is within our control from, from the beginning. Um, but, but for me, this is, it's showing like a lot of wrong, it's wrong decisions and lack of control, right? Lack of control, sexual urge, uncontrolled desire, mm -hmm. fear, which I would say is lack of control as well. Um, and so what's interesting about this list as opposed to the one before it is this seems to be more of like missing something instead of, instead of having something or giving something away. And so to me, it's like, okay, out of, out of these, let's, let's focus on these 10 out of these, like, what can I, what can I get back in my life? How can I control sexual urges? How can I control, how can I recognize like, okay, I logically can't get something for nothing. No. How do I, how do I say like, I have, I have the power to make a decision. What do I have to see the, the decision-making ability to do so? These are really cool because you can just like sit down and actually ask yourself the questions of how do I get these things? That's what I like about it. Yeah. And so like, if you were to pick like one of these on here, like what's the one that like for you has been something that you've seen has been an issue of, of control. Uh, and, and even like maybe the story of how you have, have tamed that or, or got, I got a sense of control over it. Uh, the one that stands out for me personally is something for nothing. Um, in, in high school, I was a, I, I put this in air quotes if you're not watching this, but a gifted student. Um, didn't have to try very hard whatsoever. I uh, got a 4.0, did well in the ACT, 
uh, got a full ride to, to college. I was like, okay, I basically did nothing and I, I'm, I'm set for life is what I thought. And then of course that attitude carried over into, into college. And I tricked myself into thinking like, okay, you know, you know, high school is easier. Like I got to actually try at this, but I didn't have the skills in place to actually do that. And so I didn't try, I didn't try in college. I had, I had a reasonable first year next year. I, I, I flunked out and it wasn't because I didn't like have the, have the uh, intellectual capacity for it, but I had this uncontrolled desire to get something for nothing because that is what exactly what I have my entire life. Um, even, even to the extent of my, my dad is a, an entrepreneur, very successful. So I never really had to, by the time I was observant enough, I never really saw him working hard, even though I knew he worked hard in the past, I still never saw it. And so just had this overwhelming lack of control or this desire for getting something out of nothing. And now I've, I've had enough consequences from that, that it forced me to, to realize, okay, I don't just get something from nothing. The only way that I can actually get what I want is to go and take it or go and take action or, or to seek people out who can help me do those things, whether it's through counseling, whether it's through a mentor. Um, and thankfully, my health and fitness journey is something that I never struggled with. Still to this day, I don't know why, but it's, it was very much something a, a blueprint for me to say, okay, like if I want to be muscular, I got to work. If I want to be wealthy, I got to work at that too. That's that's the one that really, I see it in a lot of people as well. And there's a, there's a, a big story out there of the kids who didn't have to try in high school. And then all of a sudden, like everybody thinks they're going to be super successful. And then they drop off the face of the earth and don't do anything. And um, I, have a, I have an even more tragic example of a, a very good friend of mine who was a year below me. He was valedictorian the next, that, that year. And two years later, he killed himself. And it, I know it was because of his perceived failures in, in, in college, in school. I know that for a fact. And that, that idea that, well, the reason that I'm going there is because eventually this uncontrolled desire for something for nothing, if you don't take control of it, if you don't, don't tackle it, you will feel hopeless because if you genuinely feel that you should get something for nothing, you will never have anything and you will feel hopeless. You will feel like I have nothing. And there's nothing that I will ever have. So that went a lot deeper than I expected it to when I started on it. But number 12 there is actually, if you let that get out of control, you will lose all hope in your life. And that's obviously not acceptable. Yeah, that's, that's a good example where, where success can be dangerous. And it's only dangerous when it's given to you rather than it's earned. And I think mm -hmm. that can be kind of rooted up in a, in a coaching situation. It's very much why we as coaches are very much about guiding and asking the right questions rather than telling and, and basically giving our clients things to do because all of a sudden when we tell them what to do and we are the one who make the decision for them, they lose their power. Right. And that's actually all number 12 is, is just saying that, you know, I don't have the power. Like, like you take responsibility off you and say the universe owes me something. And that's really, yeah. and I think on yeah. some level, we've all felt that on some level of like the, the universe gave us something and we didn't do anything to get it. And we're like, huh, how do I do that again? Right, we almost have like we we certainly have a false belief that that should always happen, and that's why success in certain situations can be dangerous, if not understood that you know, hey, you got lucky, John. It wasn't the fact that you earned that that what you got. You didn't earn that scholarship. You know, you kind of got lucky, and you know what? Going forward, you learn the lesson from there, and you actually can use that again. As we talked about in the last example, maybe it became a an issue. It became 
something that was a problem before, and now you're able to use that as like, okay, this is this is the reason why I know now that you know everything I do is done because of me, and I take responsibility for everything in my life. And then even if I get something for nothing, like I don't take responsibility for that either. <laughs> you know, like like that's not me. I got lucky, and you'll hear me talk about that a lot. It's like it's like sometimes I just get lucky, right? I'm just the right place at the right time, and a lot of my success is honestly due to luck. Like I did not. I did not predict that, I did not plan that, I didn't do anything to deserve it. And so like, you know what, it's luck. I don't take responsibility uh, for for that, for the same reason that like, I don't I don't want to get attached to this idea that, you know, I didn't like, I didn't, I didn't consciously do this. And so if I didn't consciously do it, then I don't want that responsibility, right? Because if I am not able to replicate it, then all of a sudden I feel like, well, then all of a sudden you feel like a failure. Certainly. That, that honestly was one that, that stuck out to me too, along with the um, wrong selection of mate in marriage. And so I talked about this um, actually in a different presentation, but I truly believe like having the person that's next to you at night and the person who you spend the majority of your time with, it's super, it's super important to actually make the right decision with that person because making the right decision with that person actually is going to uh, take a lot of these other ones down. down like it, 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 once not that domino down, a lot of these also fall down. And so that's what I'm a big believer in is like, like, like what's the big domino that smashes all these down? And when you pick the right marriage or the right mate marriage, all of a sudden that lack of control, the sexual urge, like it goes away, right? Um, you you uh, you basically pick the right selection in business because I honestly live a marriage like business. So like that piece like helps you go away. Um, and um, I think that's just the big one I see here is we pick the right person by your side. It allows you to make better decisions everywhere else because it gives you the attention to make better decisions everywhere else. So that's actually most acceptable for me in this list anyway. Oh, and John just sneezed if you guys didn't see that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an expert muter. <laughs> All right, so let's go ahead and let's finish out with the, with the last of the 30 major causes of failure in this organized planning chapter and set the thing to a rich mindset book. And so let's read them off here. So number 21, cause of failure, the habit of indiscriminate spending. Number 22, lack of enthusiasm. Number 23, intolerance. Number 24, intemperance. 25, inability to cooperate with others. 26, possession of power that was not acquired through self-effort. 27, intentional dishonesty. 28, egotism and vanity. 29, guessing instead of thinking. And 20 is a very specific one to being real rich, which is lack of capital. So John, again, I'll let you kind of leave this one out. Any of these that really stick out to you? Things that maybe you battled with? Hmm. <laughs> a lot of them. I'm trying to pick one. I would say possession of power that was not acquired through self-effort, but we kind of covered that already yeah, in, that in was, a sense. That one very much is very much like something for nothing, 100%. Yeah, it's sim similar but different. Yeah. Um, lack of enthusiasm is something I've struggled with before. I, I've never been considered, well, I shouldn't say never. Um, most of my life, I was not considered a high energy guy. It's pretty pretty mellow, you know, my parents had asked me about my day, like, ah, it was fine. You know, I, I didn't, I didn't look for anything exciting in my life. I didn't, I didn't look for wins. I didn't look for things I'm grateful for. I didn't have anything or so I thought to be excited about, to be enthusiastic about. And that definitely has had long, a long-term impact on me. It's still something that I really have to consciously choose to be enthusiastic or, um, or to look for the wins or to be, to be excited about something. And it's actually, uh, I wouldn't say cause problems is too strong of a word, but there's been some tension in my marriage because I don't inherently get excited about things. Like we can go on in this amazing trip 
and I'm just like, oh, yeah, this is pretty neat. Like, oh, that's that's great. Or uh, Nicole has a big, like she gets a raise and I say, hey, that's awesome, honey, good job. But I don't get excited enough about it. And that's more on her, I think, than me. But it's it's still something that you can choose to be enthusiastic. And once you actually choose that, it gets really fun. And you can actually have fun with something that you weren't expecting to have fun with. And, and fun is a big part of, is something that I, I actually value more than I expected I would in the past. Because when you have fun, it, it makes you want to do it more. And if you can find ways to have fun with something that uh, ideally like makes money or helps you lose weight, like that's even better. Which is why workouts need to be fun, right? Or find a way to make them fun. Turn business into a game. Money is a game. That's something that we say a lot. Um, turn even you know marriage into business, but a game as well. Like there are ways to make everything fun without just the inherent qualities of that thing being fun to you as an individual. Dude, that was that was fire. That's that's like a really good like if you want to summarize that in one, just like make it into a game. Make weight loss into a game. Make wealth into a game make marriage into a game, make loving your wife into a game, which actually is a game, right? Like, it's like, like everything, if you make it into a game, guess who gets to, guess who gets to pick the rules though? That's the coolest part. Who gets to pick the rules? Yeah, you do. Hell yeah, right? So you, literally get to, you literally get to say like every single day, hey, I won the game today just because that's the rule you made. Now you got to do that within reason, make sure it's something that's actually beneficial, but you do get to choose that every day. Exactly. What if your game was, I'm gonna find a way to make my wife laugh every day. I'm gonna find a way for my wife to just smile. I'm gonna find a way, way for my kids to like do a belly laugh today. Like that's your game, you know? Like that's like, those are games, right? Weight loss, I'm gonna find a way to, I'm gonna find a way to enjoy every, like I'm gonna find a way to enjoy eating my meal plan today. I'm gonna find a way to, uh, to, to, game, to gamify me losing weight. Right, like there's there's lots of ways to do it, and the more you turn into games, the more you find fun in it. You have that enthusiasm to it; uh, it becomes easier. And I think that that's actually the big one that's to do is enthusiasm, and then egotism and vanity are the things that like I think it's our egos that get in the way of us having fun because we think like oh like and uh, and then this comes a whole other level of like conditions. Like I can't be happy unless I'm not gonna be. I can't be rich unless I'm not, I, I can't, uh, I can't laugh unless we put these like restrictions on ourselves, these limits on ourselves that we're not worthy of having happiness, of having joy, unless something else happens, unless somebody else is happy, unless somebody else is happy too, right? It's like, oh, like I can't be happy because my wife's not happy. Baloney, right? Like, oh, my wife was mean to me, so I can't be nice to her, right? Like these are the types of things that like, we have conditions and when you're able to lift those conditions and no matter what, I'm gonna have fun. like. How many times, okay, this is the greatest example that I love. And I use this with my two-year-old because it was just my birthday a couple weeks ago. And I was like, Laney, it's my birthday. Let's get excited. Like everyone's happy on their birthday. No matter what, I'm gonna be excited because it's my birthday, right? And then all of a sudden I started thinking about it and like, and then Laney actually was just like, Pops, it's our birthday, right? And then so she wanted some of my birthday, right? I was like, okay, it's, it's our birthday, girl, right? We didn't have fun, it's our birthday. Like literally for the whole week after that, I was like, hey, Laney, what's the day? She's like, it's our birthday. Like, yeah, we're, we're gonna get excited about it, right? Because <laughs> so we just like made something, a game out of like, it was our birthday for a whole week, right? And like, it got us excited for the whole day because we chose to get excited. We chose to have enthusiasm, even though like, I guess technically it wasn't my birthday, well, whatever. But I told her it was, and she said it was. And you know what? So we played that game. And you, you can do that every single day, whether it's your birthday, whether it's a, a Wednesday, 
whether it's, you know, whatever day it is, the, the middle of the year, like it, all you gotta do is like find the games, like find a way to be happy today, find a way to be enthusiastic today. Let your ego get out of the way and say, you know, it's not actually my birthday. I guess I can't be happy. You know, it's not actually, I actually didn't make as much money as I wanted to make. So I can't be happy. You know, it's like, whatever the stories you want to tell yourself, like you're right. Kind of simple. And so like, why don't you tell yourself a story that actually is going to serve you and actually lifts you up rather than brings you down. And so that's what I see, like those who actually go together is the egotism and vanity with the lack of enthusiasm. So I think people think that, yeah, when things are going good, I'm happy, but can you be happy when things aren't going your way? That's the real skill set. When, when things don't go the way you, when you make less money, when you don't get the reaction of people uh, that you expected from people, can you still be happy? Can you still bring enthusiasm? Can you still show up? Can you press the gas when you feel in the headwind against you? Right. That's when you need to press it further. That's when you have more enthusiasm is when, is when, when, when the headwind's coming on stronger. Right. When, when you're facing resistance more, we need to press the gas pedal down more enthusiasm, not less. Right. Which we talked about in a, um, in a prior training, you and I, John, where we're just talking about like keeping your foot on the gas rather than putting your foot on the brake when things stop to go, when things aren't going the way you thought they were going to go. Exactly. And when, and when things are going how you want them to go, yeah. still got to keep your foot on the gas then because yeah. there's no reason to take it off, but yet people still do. Yeah. And so both ways. Basically, it's just really easy to like, keep it from the gas, right? Keep it from the gas, whether things are going your way or whether they're not going your way, like, keep it from the gas. Like that enthusiasm is there regardless. And so that's why, again, we talk about this almost every episode, but like I wear this thing on my wristband and like everything goes my way. And then, again, it's, it's actually a, a mantra that a mentor, Chris Crone, like it's, it's his, I definitely stole it from him, but it's actually one of the ones that I truly feel every time I say it, like, oh, it, it's really to change my mindset. As soon as I say it, like, oh yeah, this does go my way, right? It's just, it's just a choice that no matter what happens, everything goes my way. So all of a sudden I'm, I'm at peace. So I'm not worried about circumstances I can't control because I can't control one thing. Everything goes my way. So it doesn't matter what happens. The worry goes away just by saying that. Um, and so I think the lack of enthusiasm, if, if, if that can be something that you're concentrated on and that, and that you put effort towards every single day, regardless of situations, regardless of conditions. Um, yeah, I think everything else kind of falls in line because like as you said earlier, like when you, when you get enthusiastic, you start thinking differently and you have fun regardless. And that's what life's actually about. It's about living, not just existing. So, John, anything else you want to follow us up with? This is this is our last slide. So, organized planning. Any final thoughts on these thirty causes of failure? Uh, what to look out for? What not look out for? Steps moving forward. What's the final piece of wisdom you got for us here? Really, what it all comes down to is is deciding deciding to do something, deciding to feel a certain way, deciding to want something even, and, and having the, literally just having the willingness to say, okay, I'm, I'm all in, I'm going to do it. Because oftentimes people will, like they have a desire, but they don't take any steps to get there, then they get bitter. And this is speaking from experience. And, you know, they feel like, like you said earlier, the universe owes you something. And you could even go into it with the mindset of, yeah, the universe owes me this because I'm putting in the work. If you don't have that because, then then that's a problem. Um, but it's still not the best mindset. So anyway, yeah, it just comes down to comes down to decisions and willingness to to make right decisions. Trusting your gut is something that will help with all thirty of these. And you know, okay, what's my gut telling me about this? Well, maybe not lack of capital, but what's my gut telling me that I need to do about this particular feeling or this particular quality that I have, and and be willing to do something about it. Yeah. I think the I think take a message that I like to to relay is that everyone's dealing with probably a few of these, but one of these is probably the biggest one in your life right now. And so just tackle these one at a time, right? And like which again, like and I would tackle the big one, 
tackle the big dog. See the one that it's like, okay, if I if I tackle my ability to control my emotions or to get rid of this to something for nothing, which one of these other ones will also fall down? So look for that big domino and understand that like these things will actually never ever go away because a lot of these are emotions. A lot of these things will continue to like show up in your life. And so it's your job to instead of reacting to these emotions is to respond in a way that allows you to to be successful and not fail. Uh, but a lot of that is a skill and it's acquired and, it's, and it is something that takes time um, to acquire the skill and then repeat it over and over again until you master it. And this is something that you'll like, you'll never conquer these, like you, like you actually will never conquer these all. It'll be always something that you continue to grow on, you continue to learn and you'll just basically like, it, it won't be that you're enthusiastic, not enthusiastic, it's a degree of enthusiasm, right? So that, when that being said, you can always get better. It's the same thing with, you know, you being, um, with your ego, like I take responsibility. It's not that you take responsibility or you didn't take responsibility. It's how much responsibility I take, right? It's a sliding scale and it, it grows as you grow. And so it's not something like, it's not something, okay, I'm good now. I take responsibility because it's like, as much as we talk about this almost every single day, there are still instances in my life where I don't take responsibility and it's not necessarily conscious. It's just like, well, once I, once I become conscious of it, then I start working on it. A lot of times it's unconscious. I'm like, oh, I didn't realize I wasn't taking responsibility. Right. And so it's like, it's, it's degrees of responsibility. It's not yes or no. It's not black or white. Everything fly, everything falls on this, um, um, on this continuum. And so I think that's one of the most important things I can take that I can give you in this specific situation of all these is that there is no, like you, you are, you're not, it's like, just how much better are you? And that's why if you have this growth mentality, you're always looking to get better. You're always learning to grow and you're playing the long game. You can actually be at peace. Just understanding that, you know what, like, I'm never gonna be perfect. Right? And no one's asking you to be perfect. Just asking yourself to grow, to get better and to learn. Just asking you to take steps forward every single day, that's all. So that's my message today on this, on this organized planning, the, was it the sixth step? The sixth step enriches. <laughs> and so next time I'll do, I'll do a little better organized planning and I'll get the right, uh, the right step in here. But John, I appreciate you hopping on today. I appreciate your insight. And uh, yeah, guys, we'll be back next week with the next step in the 13 steps to riches with the Thinking Real Rich Mindset book. Again, it's out there. Go get it. You can buy it on Kindle. You can listen to it on Audible. Uh, you can buy a physical copy. Uh, it's on discount since it was created in the 30s. So you definitely can get it at a good price. <laughs> uh, but anyway, happy Wednesday. My name is John Bodner, and we're out. Bye. See yeah. ya.